Welcome to the Perceptive Readers, everyone. Hi, I'm James Lynch. Recently, I gave you an illustration about what happened to the ball game. And I gave you some time to think about it. It was in the last podcast as to uh, basically you were able to see a game of catch that the rules were, hey, if you drop the ball first, then you had to sit down. And, you know, I went on to give a scenario on how the person who normally would win all the time had dropped the ball first and now they were what, upset, and they held on to the ball and was trying to, you know, keep it from everybody else. And I asked you, what would you do in that situation if you were all having a good time and then the person uh, did not go along with, you know, uh, the rules that you all went along, you know, to all that time, all right? Well, with that being said, we're going to still go along those line of thoughts or that scenario because we'll talk about it in this podcast and even in the next one. And you'll see what I'm talking about because I had asked you, why do you think Jack did what he did? Why did he no longer uh, want to just, hey, you dropped the ball and just, you know, went on ahead and gave the ball back to, you know, the rest of the children so that they could end up, you know, playing the game out, which, you know, of course, when the game started over, he would have been able to play again, but he didn't want to do that. All right. Now, have you ever read the book of Genesis? Have you ever read about the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 of the uh, life of Adam and Eve? How they came about and what happened as they called the fall of man? What was going on in that account? Um, why do we have imperfection? Uh, was there a prophecy that God actually uttered to let us know that, yes, things are in a bad state right now, but the prophecy that he spoke had let us know that he is going to fix it in the course of time and put things right back the way that they used to be. Let's talk about the word prophecy. You know, people do uh, uh, hear and listen to different ones talk about what's going to happen in this day and age. And they give what I would say intricate details at times as to what's happening that's really still leading up to what God said was going to happen in the first place. What do I mean by that? Well, you're going to see when I read... Um, Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to read it five sections at a time, five verses at a time, that God said in a prophecy, basically everything is going to be resolved and um, everything is going to be fixed. That's why, you know, I share quite often with you that in the end of all matters, everything is going to be okay. 
But as far as all the little intricate details leading up to that point, uh, he doesn't tell every single thing. But one thing that he made certain for everyone to know who would want to listen to him, he really made this clear, and you're going to see this, is that because you like me, because you love me, you see, uh, the person who is now mad and don't want to give the ball to anyone, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, uh, is going to do their best to stop you from getting to know me. Uh, in fact, such a being will actually hate him. See, hate God. Yes, yes. And so he made that clear. And yet, according to all the prophecies that he continued to utter in his word, they all came true. And we know even down to this day and age, uh, in what they call the period of the last days, that, of course, everything will still come true as well. You know, there is a prophecy, too, that Jesus uttered, and you can see how it's even developing, where he mentioned people would be faint out of fear. Isn't that interesting? Faint out of fear. Now, you can already see today how people are being affected by one another uh, due to different um, uh, recommendations and and also things that uh, uh, at one time uh, persons found easy to make certain choices. Now they are having a harder time making these choices. Uh, the trust level of even in learning about different medical treatments and things of that nature. Um, it takes more and more research. You see, uh, you have to really, once again, uh, analyze what's being told to you and how it applies to your health and even spiritual health. Would you agree with that? So let's see how this world got into the state that it is in the day. All right. So in Genesis chapter three, uh, now Adam and Eve, they've already been, you know, created and they are also able to, uh, enjoy some time with themselves together, you know, since being created and, and made man and wife by a God himself, you see. So let's pick up in Genesis chapter three, verses one through five. And what I'm going to do is read this out of uh, the New World Translation, because I want you to hear God's name for yourself. OK, now in verse one through five of Genesis chapter three says, now the serpent was the most cautious of all the wild animals of the field that Jehovah God had made. So it said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from every tree of the garden? At this, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, 
of the trees of the garden. But God has said about the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, you must not eat from it. No, you must not touch it. Otherwise, you will die. And this the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that in the very day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and bad. So let's stop right down those first five verses. You see a conversation going on with Satan or, you know, the serpent uh, with Adam's wife, Eve, you see, the woman. Uh, Hopefully this doesn't seem too strange that you say, oh, she's, uh, you know, talking to an animal or a snake. However, did you know, see, even before Adam and Eve were created, God already had, see, a spiritual family anyway, you know, of angels in in the heavenly realms, uh, realms all of them with uh, spirit bodies, you see. And, um, and so, when this account happened, all Satan did was basically manipulated, you see, the serpent, uh, you know, uh, through his voice or what have you. No matter which way that he did it, you can see that this was the, once again, instrument he used to communicate with Eve. And remember, he asked if did God really say isn't that something? Ask Eve, what what did God say, you see, about this? And Eve told him, you see, and she even said that if we touch it, if we eat from it, so it was it was clear, God made clear to Adam and Eve, that you eat from this tree that is mine, you see, then you will you know, die. Yeah, you won't have this gift of life that he had given them, of perfect life, you see. So I know I'm elaborating a little bit more on it, but I want you to see the uh, at this point in time, just having a conversation about it, you see, Eve wasn't sinning or anything, all right? Uh, she was just explaining her faith, if you will, uh the command that she had received from God. So I just wanted to make that clear because if you notice in verse five, she even said, "I'm excuse me, Satan ended up saying in verse five, no, let me read verse four because this is very important for this day and age. At this, the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. Did you see that in verse four? You certainly will not die, he said. And then he went on to say, for God knows that in the very day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and bad. See, in this first five verses, do you really see what is going on? Well, see, what he is really showing is that he was placing doubt 
doing his best to place doubt in Eve. Once again, developing an unnatural, even temptation for something that she didn't have otherwise. You see, do you see all of that that was going on? And then even told her, you know, if you if you if you do eat from this tree, if you disobey God, you don't even have to listen to him anymore anyway. You you'll be just like him. Now, have you ever run into anybody that told you we are gods? Have you ever heard that? Um, have you ever seen anybody have an attitude of, you know, not only do what you want, but it's all on you. You know, uh, you don't have to listen to God. Uh, he's not going to save you anyway. Have you ever had any type of... Um, conversation with somebody talking like that. See, and the reason why I really want to uh, emphasize that is because basically for some people, if they have the choice, you see, to even get to know God, they don't want to know God because they want to keep, maintain, develop, or steal power and authority that only he should have in the first place, you see. And, and all of this shows this is what God's enemy, the serpent or Satan, um, was offering to Eve to develop that temptation. You Basically, you disobey God, hey, and uh, then you'll be just like him. All right. Now, in verses six through 10, it says, Consequently, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was something desirable to the eyes. Yes, the tree was pleasing to look at. So she began um, taking of its fruit and eating it. Afterward, she also gave some to her husband when he was with her and he began eating it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made lawn coverings for themselves. Later, they heard the voice of Jehovah God as he was walking in the garden about the breezy part of the day. And the man and his wife hid from the face of Jehovah God among the trees of the garden. And Jehovah God kept calling to the man and saying to him, Where are you? Finally, he said, I heard your voice in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Look what happened. After they ate of that fruit. They became ashamed. You see. They became fearful. Um, even with the way that God just made them. You know with no clothes. Now 
the shame of everything, even just, you know, covered their whole countenance of, you know, happiness, of no fear. You see, things of that nature. All that by disobeying God. So already you can see, was this a good decision on Eve's part? Was this a good decision on Adam's part to listen to Eve in this case? I'm sure you know the answer to that. Now, the other thing I want to mention to you is that tree. You see, remember, there was plenty of food in that garden, plenty of trees in that garden. And all God said was, you know, like any parent, look, this is mine. Don't you touch it. Don't you go in that room or don't you, you know, eat from my bowl because I already gave you all these vittles and fruit and everything else that, that you could possibly want. You're not in any want at all. They had everything. Uh, there was nothing to be tempting them at all. Would, would you agree? And see, and that really goes to show the way that God actually does, you see, uh, uh, gauge or test persons, uh, at times. You see, he won't put you in a destitute situation where at least he didn't put Adam and Eve in a destitute situation, you see, where they lacked anything uh, for them to even need to be tempted, you see. So uh, they weren't being, you know, tortured. They weren't being in mental anguish. They weren't starving, nothing. So this goes to show again, for them to uh, disobey God, it was no excuse at all for them to do it. Would you agree with that? And so you can still see, as I mentioned before, the state that they both uh, uh, became in when right after they ate, they became ashamed. They became... uh, Guilty, you see, um, guilty conscience and things of that nature, uh, of what humans go through. Fearful, you see, that's what I really want to emphasize too. And so next, when God comes looking for them in the garden, remember, you know, he can see everything, but you see how God, again, you know, deals with us at times. He just, it was giving, you know, Adam the chance to, you know, come to the spot, you know, (laughs) come out and open, if you will, or what have you. And and where he could just ask him, you know, just, okay, where were you? And and then he let Adam, you know, explain and he asked Adam's other question, who told you this? And see, and that's what it gets all into in the next verses about uh, God asking, okay, what happened, Adam? You see, why you feel this way now? Which you know God already knew, but he was giving him an opportunity all the same. You see, he didn't uh, do anything uh, 
to put Adam under any further, you know, uh, duress or pain or anything of that nature. It was like, let's straighten this out. You know, let's talk about it, you see. <laughs> and that's what he did. Anyway, now let's go on and read verses 11 through 15. He says, at this, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, so I ate. Jehovah God then said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman replied, the serpent deceived me, so I ate. Then Jehovah God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are the cursed one out of all the domestic animals and out of all the wild animals of the field. On your belly you will go, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he will crush your head and you will strike him in the hill. See, in verse 15, that is the prophecy that God uttered. You can see after he got the information from Adam and Eve, which of course, as I told you before, he already knew about, he addressed the serpent really, who was behind the serpent? Satan, yes. And he told Satan now, in verse 14, what state he would be in. He was telling Satan, we're no longer, you know, I'm no longer going to play with you, you see. Uh, you have sinned as well, you see. And the same way that Adam and Eve, you see, listened to, to him. You know, it goes to show again that when Eve said that the serpent had deceived her, she was telling the truth. She really was deceived. But did you know that Adam wasn't deceived? But, you see, he ate from it anyway, you see. And so... This goes to show you when God said next in verse 15, he was stating then, okay, this is the problem we got now, but this is how I'm going to resolve it. Now, all of this, you know, happened over the course, <coughs> excuse me, of time, as you can see, even down to our day about this enmity. But in verse 15, it helps us to see that there really are two organizations. Um, persons at times will say that, you know, there's only uh, uh, two businesses or there's only two groups of people, you see, or two types of people, you see, or what have you. And they'll always mostly be talking more in the... Um, uh, physical realm, 
no matter or what they may say, where there's only two types of this or two types of that. Well, according to God, see, he was talking about the spirit realm. Uh, you perceptive readers haven't heard me say this in a long time, but you know, I used to always say, uh, what happens in the spirit realm? See, all we're doing is really seeing the results. <coughs> uh, I don't even want to call it the side effects because it's not side effects. It's really direct effects in the physical realm. See, God described this hatred, this enmity that would be between Satan and his offspring, you know, uh, people who would listen to him that include all the misled demons that see the angels who turned bad and went with them in heaven, uh, which, you know, they were all kicked out eventually. And it happened last century. But here's the point. He said, there's also another woman. See, he was talking about his heavenly organization. You see, um, spiritual creatures, if you will. You see how he looks at them like a wife, you see, um, even though they're made up of individual spirit creatures, you know, angels and things of that nature. But he was still saying that his organization, you see, would be at war more than just odds, but a deep hatred will be between Satan and his organization and God's organization. He said it. And he mentioned at one point, it would look like he got the upper hand. And that happened, you know, when um, Jesus was on the earth, where it says he were, um, and I will put enmity between between and her offspring, and he will crush your head, and you will strike him in the heel. There you go. Yes. Uh, see, when Jesus, you know, was on the earth and teaching about God's heavenly organization and God's kingdom, and what it would be, um, you know, what it would do to restore earth back to balance and perfection. What happened to Jesus? See, Satan's seed, his organization you know, crucified him, you see. Isn't that something? Put him down. But see, God already foretold that this would happen, that this would happen. Uh, and so that's what that that hill, you see, um, came in, where, you know, it was a bruise, but it still was healed. That goes to show you again to God, see, death, as you know, Jesus was raised up from the dead, according to the good book. And we know it. If you know, persons of the Christian faith, uh, we certainly believe that it's not a doubt in our mind. And so it was almost like, hey, even though he died, it was easily healed as just like a, you know, a heal. You see what I'm saying? It was no lasting effect. But God also mentioned, though, what he would do is crush that serpent or Satan in the head. So the point is, when it's his turn, you see, to get rid of Satan, Satan is not going to come back. You see, him nor his seed, uh, his offspring or his organization, um, 
if I lose, I use that tongue in cheek because it's chaotic to say the least, you know, uh, the only thing that really in, in some ways, some person might say that they can only agree on is their hatred for God. But, but otherwise, they just bicker among themselves, do they not? <coughs> Excuse me. So what I'm going to do is actually stop right there. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, give you some time to uh, think about it. And, 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 and thank you for bearing with me tonight. I actually uh, haven't had any coffee uh, or anything. I just wanted to share this to let you know that one, what happened while we're in this state and all this uh, turmoil, this fearfulness and imperfection that we're in today, it came about <coughs> because of disobeying God. And see, and God had already told these persons Adam and Eve, what would happen if they did it, but they still uh, did it anyway. It also goes to show, too, that there was no reason for them to even be tempted, you see. Uh, you know, God had given them everything, and yet, you know, they wanted more. They actually wanted to be like him. And so before uh, I closed this, I want to share something else. You know, getting back to when persons say that there are, you know, two types of persons, uh, two types of group or what have you. You know, when you get into, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever taken courses where well, I do know, or quite a few of you have, but uh, courses like on sociology and psychology and and things of that nature, you know, it's knowledge like that, that really, you know, supposed to not only help you to understand people, but really it's supposed to be used to help people. And yet, like with Adam and Eve, you see, some persons, they take that knowledge at times and they, and they don't use it to help people. They actually use it to manipulate people. See, just like, you know, Satan did to Adam, to Eve, you see, tell them things that are not correct, um, mislead them even, you see, make them, you know, after they get some of this knowledge, it makes them feel uh, even puffed up at times that the Bible says because of the knowledge. And they start viewing people in general in a certain way uh, that is not helpful, it, not helpful at all. And, and even uh, Jesus shook his head at such thinking of viewing people in um, such a almost like worthless way. Um, there's an expression that even some of the Oh, really, Jewish leaders or, or the religious leaders of that time, let me emphasize that, have viewed the people as like uh, contemptible people of the land, Amharats, you see. Uh, they didn't have the knowledge that they had. Uh, they just weren't viewed 
in a precious way uh, that God viewed them. And see, and that's one thing that I want to really emphasize here that if I use that same example, that there are two types of people, let me share this, two types of groups of people, okay? Uh, I've had many conversations over the years with certain ones who, you know, at times uh, had this uh extended training or knowledge in certain areas or what have you. And, uh, and some of those, uh, conversations didn't always, uh, make me feel too good about, you know, some of the things that were learned, uh, about the human psyche and, and, uh, I like the part about, you know, how you can help. But then in general, the way that some persons that you know that I've run into, uh, the way that they use that knowledge to be more of the way that Satan did, you know, to Eve, uh, never made me feel good at all. And, you know, and for some of those persons that actually uh, ascribe to that type of way of treating persons, you see, or thinking, uh, would use Again, well, there's, you know, two types of people, you know, with ones who are basically like gods, <laughs> you, you know, and then you got the ones who just incapable, you see, um, in general. Now, with that being said, let me now say, okay, if there are then two types of people, this is what I want to share with you. Maybe there are two types of people as you got a small group of people in one case of responsibilities or whatever who are like lions. And then you got the population in general, what have you, who are like sheep. Okay. Where from what the good book will actually show you though, is that Jesus nor the grand creator would still want even the lions to be despising the sheep to, you know, personality wise, you see what I'm talking about? And, and capability wise uh, to, he wouldn't want them to be despising them or uh, looking down at them as despicable or incapable or or just too weak uh, because even the sheep see even though they're made up in a different way of of just being meek and looking you know to help and 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 protection you see always from the lion type personalities and spiritually wise or what have you um you would see that the sheep are still full of blessings too, because where does all this creativity and this um, also uh, reflection of God and his personality and everything um, often come from? You see, 
Because let's just face it, sometimes, you know, uh, the lions, <laughs> if that's the way you view yourself, uh, you, you're in such a mode, again, in this day and age, is again, you, you're more in your, you're always protective mode or, or uh, you know, got to accomplish something mode or what have you, where there's just certain, um, again, God-given abilities and traits that you may still even have you may not really be developing because yours is more on a level of even, like I said, leadership protection and things of that nature. Am, am I correct? You know, see, um, but yet the persons who would have the sheep or meat like uh, personality totally see it's like in the sense that they're ready for God's balance, his, his you know, him fixing things and things of that nature because they're, just, they're already willing to a, be able to listen and and apply and and, and and be blessed and everything else, you see, because of the way that they're already made up. And it, and again, like I said, going along, if there are just two types of uh, groups of people that deal with other lions and sheep, uh, it just seems at times I'm, I'm just kind of joking about it. Where it's all the lions that have a tendency to be, you know, <laughs> at times really just button heads with one another, you see. Uh, while the sheep are just relying on the lions to tell them, spiritually speaking, this is this is what's really helpful. This is, you know, this is going to uh help you spiritually, uh you know, help you physically and, and, uh, uh, you know, medically and things. See, they're expecting the truth from the people who have excelled in their different occupations in that way, as, you know, um, doctors and, uh, you know, <coughs> uh, people who keep the peace and, and, um, you know, superior authorities in other ways, you see. Uh, <coughs> to be in such a position, it it's a heavy responsibility, you see. And, and, and God even talks about that. And so, you know, even as teachers, <coughs> it's a heavy responsibility. So God never wants, again, if I use the term, the persons with these lion type personalities <coughs> to despise his little ones, the sheep, or take advantage of them. You see, uh, take away their ball, so to speak, and just be throwing it among themselves, but not allow, you see, the other sheep and everything to play around uh, with it, if I can use that. So anyway, uh, we're going to stop, like I said, again, at Genesis chapter three, verses one through 15. And <clears throat> I'll probably pick up again tomorrow uh, around the same time. But you know what? I will make sure that I drink my coffee first, you see, and, and, uh, and then we'll talk or, or conclude uh, with the chapter. And I'll share some other thoughts with you as to uh, what all this means as well. So thank you for being here at this Perceptive Readers. You have a very wonderful day.